MSP Marketing in Bite-Sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org. Copywriting for MSPs, Part 15. So as a quick recap from last time, firstly, we looked at the trajectory of advertising, and that is to say the sheer volume increase of personal daily exposure to adverts that everyone receives. There was a lesson from antiquity, ethos, pathos and logos. I introduced a memorable mnemonic, which is urgent ADA, urgency, reciprocity, guarantees, easygoing, negatives, testimonials, and then the traditional ADA, attention, interest, desire and action. And then lastly, we looked at using facts and personal history to build rapport. So last time we finished on a note about details and having specifics in your copy. And the point about being specific in your examples and case studies is that it makes the contents more believable. And as an aside, one of the ways of identifying somebody's lying to you is if their language is very vague and inspecific. And that's because people don't tend to include specifics within their lies for fear of tripping up and being caught out over the details. And when people lie, they often tend to be less specific in their descriptions and their explanations. And this vagueness can be their strategy to avoid being caught up in a lie because providing fewer details reduces the risk of inconsistencies or contradictions. And five examples of this could include, number one, avoiding contradictions. As I've just said, by being vague, liars can minimise their risk of their story being directly contradicted by facts or other people's accounts. Number two, reducing the cognitive load. Lying requires effort, cognitive effort, especially when it involves fabricating a story. So being less specific reduces the complexity of the lie and it makes it easier to maintain. Number three, flexibility in their story. So vague statements allow liars more flexibility to change their story later if needed. Number four, avoiding detailed scrutiny. What that means is that specific details invite closer examination and questioning, which can lead to people's lies becoming uncovered. And lastly, number five, general plausibility. Broad, non-specific statements are often more universally plausible and therefore harder to disprove outright. Anyway, I digress. Being specific can lend some depth and credibility to your copy. So, for example, having a testimonial saying something like, in December 2023, my company, Advanced Accountants in Cardiff, moved office and Jeff from Smarter IT Solutions wouldn't go home until he was happy that the wiring was perfect and it was close to 9pm by the time he left. But he didn't charge a penny more than his original quote, even when he was late by our team. And that's a much better kind of testimonial than, I recommend Jeff from Smarter IT. And equally, after the testimonial or your copy or the or the content, having the person listed as Robert Taylor, Director of Advanced Accountants, www.advancedaccountantscardiff.co.uk uh, and Robert Robert Taylor at advancedaccountantscardiff.co.uk is infinitely better than Robert, comma, Cardiff, which frankly just looks really suspicious. And on that note, whenever you've done a good job and someone's happy with you, try and remember to ask them to endorse you at the time because you'll want to get plenty of Google reviews and it's always easier to get a review when people are emotionally charged in a positive way. There's nothing stopping you pointing to your Google reviews on a sales letter or a brochure or other collateral. They're not just restricted websites. And I've seen this plenty of times to good effect. 
And again, on that note, show how you handle complaints. So when it comes to getting and displaying reviews, it's important to show that you are real. Anyone in business for any period of time will screw up occasionally. It's, it's just a fact. And in fact, it can be a little bit suspicious if people don't screw up occasionally. So if you see something with hundreds of views and it's all positive, studies have shown that actually people can have less faith in those reviews when there's zero testimonials out of hundreds. Now, to be clear, to air as human, people don't mind if you screw up occasionally because we all do it. What they're interested in is how you handle it and how you handle complaints. So it's vital for that reason that you demonstrate that when you make mistakes, you deal with them quickly, courteously and effectively because people will be reading your reviews. And just if not more importantly, how you handle any negative comments, they will definitely be judging you on that. Now, this could be considered a bit of effort, but I promise it's worth it. You can write a book. I've done it and it definitely helps. Anybody can write a book these days. Self-publishing websites like Lulu.com have revolutionized the publishing industry and AI has helped with the actual writing in the first place, which has historically been the main blocker for people. Being able to cite references in your own book definitely adds credit. And any book you read these days will often have lots of credibility and positioning pieces all over the cover. And in fact, half of the cover and the first couple of pages on the inside, it's usually endorsements from as high status people as the author can muster. So if you can get any endorsements from celebrities or people that are well known and respected in your field early on in your content, that's going to help you even more. Even making sure that you've got good testimonials from your suppliers directly is a good idea, of course, but less direct but no less valuable is ensuring that you have good credit rating and have completed your annual submissions at company's house. These are all things that people will search on you to check you out before doing business with you. So it's all part of ensuring that you are credible to deal with. OK, so that's the letter T, i.e. testimonials outline, where you try and establish your credibility as soon as possible, ideally with other collateral too, such as accolades and awards and qualifications and such like. Now we're going to look at R, i.e. reciprocity. So reciprocity is another of Cialdini's principles of influence. Now, this principle states that people naturally tend to want to retain goodwill by returning a favour that they've just been given. I guess it's how we're hardwired to function. It's all part of being a social species where we've evolved to depend upon others to help us survive in the world. You can create a feeling of reciprocity in any number of ways in the physical world. What I term macro gestures can include things such as giving people food and drink at events that you host or letting someone have a test drive of a high-end car at a corporate event. Doubtless you'll be part of these things and you can feel the sense of obligation being thrust upon you, which is why some people simply don't want to engage in the first place. And on a personal note, I once tried an experiment in Cheltenham High Street where I was giving away free samples on behalf of a client and I can attest that giving away things for free is a lot harder than it sounds. People often feel that there's a catch. On the other hand, micro gestures can include trivial things such as buying someone a drink or even holding a door open for someone. Of course, these physical things aren't present in sales copy. So examples in letters could be including a voucher or a pen or some other item in the envelope. And other examples could involve gestures within the copy itself. And we'll continue with this in the next section. MSP Marketing in Bite Size Bits. It's easier than you think with MK Link. To get more of MK Link's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org.